Well, towards evening, the giant goes down into the dungeon again to see if his prisoners had taken his counsel. But when he came there, he found them alive, and truly alive was all. For now, what for want of bread and water, and by reason of the wounds they received, when he beat them, they could do little but breathe. But I say, he found them alive, at which he fell into a grievous rage and told them, that seeing they had disobeyed his counsel, it should be worse with them than if they had never been born. At this they trembled greatly, and I think that Christian fell into a swoon, but coming a little to himself again, they renewed their discourse about the giant's counsel, and whether yet they had best take it or no. Now Christian again seemed to be for doing it, but Hopeful made his second reply as followeth. My brother, said he, rememberest thou not how valiant thou hast been heretofore? Apollyon could not crush thee, nor could all that thou didst hear or see or feel in the valley of the shadow of death. What hardship, terror, and amazement hast thou already gone through? And art thou now nothing but fear? Thou seest that I am in the dungeon with thee, a far weaker man by nature than thou art. Also this giant has wounded me as well as thee, and hath also cut off the bread and water from my mouth, and with thee I mourn without the light. But let's exercise a little more patience. Remember how thou playest the man at Vanity Fair, and was neither afraid of the chain nor cage, nor yet of bloody death. Wherefore let us at least to avoid the shame that becomes not a Christian to be found in, bear up with patience as well as we can. Now night being come again, and the giant and his wife being in bed, she asked him concerning the prisoners, and if they had taken his counsel. To which he replied, They are sturdy rogues. They choose rather to bear all hardships than to make away themselves. Then said she, Take them into the castle yard tomorrow and show them the bones and skulls of those that thou hast already dispatched, and make them believe ere a week comes to an end, thou also wilt tear them in pieces, as thou hast done their fellows before them. So when the morning was come, the giant goes to them again, and takes them into the castle yard, and shows them as his wife had bidden him. These, said he, were pilgrims as you are once, and they trespassed in my grounds as you have done. And when I thought fit, I tore them into pieces, and so within ten days I will do you. Go, get you down to your den again. And with that he beat them all the way thither. They lay therefore all day on Saturday, in a lamentable case as before. Now when night was come, and when Mrs. Diffidence and her husband the giant were got to bed, they began to renew their discourse of their prisoners. And withal the old giant wondered that he could neither by his blows nor counsel bring them to an end. And with that his wife replied, I fear, said she, that they live in hope that some will come to relieve them, or that they have picklocks about them by the means of which they hope to escape. And sayest thou so, my dear? said the giant. I will therefore search them in the morning. Well, on Saturday, about midnight, they began to pray, and continued in prayer 
till almost break of day. Now a little before it was day, good Christian, as one half amazed, break out in this passionate speech. What a fool, quoth he, am I, thus to lie in a stinking dungeon, when I may as well walk at liberty. I have a key in my bosom called promise, that will I am persuaded open any lock in Downton Castle. Then said Hopeful, that's good news, good brother, pluck it out of thy bosom and try. Then Christian pulled it out of his bosom and began to try at the dungeon door, whose bolt, as he turned the key, gave back, and the door flew open with ease, and Christian and Hopeful both came out. Then he went to the outward door that leads into the castle yard, and with his key opened that door also. After he went to the iron gate, for that must be opened too, but that lock went very hard, yet the key did open it. Then they thrust open the gate to make their escape with speed, but that gate as it opened made such a creaking that it waked a giant despair, who hastily, rising to pursue his prisoners, felt his limbs to fail, for his fits took him again, so that he could by no means go after them. Then they went on and came to the king's highway again, and so were safe, because they were out of his jurisdiction. Now, when they were gone over the stile, they began to contrive for themselves what they should do at that stile, to prevent those that should come after from falling into the hands of giant despair. So they consented to erect there a pillar, and to engrave upon the side thereof this sentence. Over this stile is the way to Downton Castle, which is kept by a giant despair, who despiseth the king of the celestial country, and seeks to destroy his holy pilgrims. Many therefore that followed after read what was written, and escaped the danger. This done, they sang as follows. Out of the way we went, and then we found what was to tread upon forbidden ground, and let them that come after have a care, lest heedlessness makes them, as we too fare, lest they for trespassing his prisoners are, whose castles doubting, and whose names despair. They went then till they came to the delectable mountains, which mountains belong to the lord of that hill, of which we have spoken before. So they went up to the mountains, to behold the gardens and orchards, the vineyards and fountains of water, where also they drank and washed themselves, and did freely eat of the vineyards. Now there was on the tops of those mountains shepherds feeding their flocks, and they stood by the highway side. The pilgrims therefore went to them, and leaning upon their staves, as is common with weary pilgrims when they stand to talk with any by the way, they asked, Whose delectable mountains are these, and whose be the sheep that feed upon them? These mountains are Emmanuel's land, and they are within sight of his city, and the sheep also are his, and he lay down his life for them. Is this the way to the celestial city? You are just in your way. How far is it thither? Too far for any, but those that shall get thither indeed. Is the way safe or dangerous? Safe for those for whom it is to be safe, but transgressors shall fall therein. Is there in this place any relief for pilgrims that are weary and faint in the way? The Lord of these mountains hath given us a charge not to be forgetful to entertain strangers. Therefore the good 
of the place is even before you. I saw also in my dream that when the shepherds perceived they were wayfaring men, they also put questions to them, to which they made answer as in other places, as, Whence came you, and how got you into the way? And by what means have you so persevered therein? For but few of them that begin to come thither do show their face on these mountains. But when the shepherds heard their answers, being pleased therewith, they looked very lovingly upon them, and said, Welcome to the delectable mountains. The shepherds, I say, whose names were knowledge, experience, watchful, and sincere, took them by the hand, and had them to their tents, and made them partake of that which was ready at present. They said, moreover, We would that you should stay here a while, to be acquainted with us, and yet more to solace yourselves with the good of these delectable mountains. They then told them that they were content to stay, so they went to their rest at night, because it was very late. Then I saw in my dream that in the morning the shepherds called up Christian and Hopeful to walk with them upon the mountains. So they went forth with them and walked a while, having a pleasant prospect on every sight. Then said the shepherds one to another, Shall we show these pilgrims some wonders? So when they had concluded to do it, they had them first to the top of a hill called Error, which was very steep on the farthest side, and bid them look down to the bottom. So Christian and Hopeful looked down, and saw at the bottom several men dashed all to pieces by a fall that they had from the top. Then said Christian, what meaneth this? The shepherds answered, Have you not heard of them that were made to err by hearkening to Hymenus and Philetus, as concerning the faith of the resurrection of the body? They answered, Yes. And then said the shepherds, Those that you see lie dashed in pieces at the bottom of this mountain are they, and they have continued to this day unburied, as you see for an example for others to take heed, how they clamber too high, or how they come too near to the brink of this mountain. Then I saw that they had them to the top of another mountain, and the name of that is Caution, and bid them look afar off, which when they did, they perceived, as they thought, several men walking up and down among the tombs that were there, and they perceived that the men were blind, because they stumbled sometimes upon the tombs, and because they could not get out from among them. Then said Christian, What means this? The shepherds then answered, Did you not see a little below these mountains a stile that led into a meadow, on the left hand of this way? They answered, Yes. Then said the shepherds, From that stile there goes a path that leads directly to Downton Castle, which is kept by a giant despair. And these men, pointing to them among the tombs, came once on pilgrimage, as you do now, even till they came to that same stile. And because the right way was rough in that place, they chose to go out of it into that meadow, and there were taken by a giant despair, and cast into Doubton Castle, where after they had been kept in a dungeon, he at last did put out their eyes, and led them among the tombs, where he has left them to wander to this very day that the saying of the wise man might be fulfilled. He that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. 
Then Christian and Hopeful looked one upon another, with tears gushing out, but yet said nothing to the shepherds. Then I saw in my dream that the shepherds had them to another place in a bottom, where was a door in the side of an hill, and they opened the door and bid them look in. They looked in, therefore, and saw that within it was very dark and smoking. They also thought that they heard there a rumbling noise, as of fire, and a cry of some tormented, and that they smelt the scent of brimstone. Then said Christian, What means this? The shepherds told them, This is a byway to hell, a way that hypocrites go in at, namely such as sell their birthright with Esau, such as sell their master with Judas, such as blaspheme the gospel with Alexander, and that lie and dissemble with Ananias and Sapphira his wife. Then said hopeful to the shepherds, I perceive that these had on them, even every one, a show of pilgrimage, as we have now, had they not? Yes, and held it a long time too. How far might they go on pilgrimage in their day, since they notwithstanding were thus miserably cast away? Some further, and some not so far as these mountains. Then said the pilgrims one to another, We had need cry to the strong for strength. Aye, and you will have need to use it when you have it too. By this time the pilgrims had a desire to go forwards, and the shepherds a desire they should. So they walked together towards the end of the mountains. Then said the shepherds one to another, Let us here show to the pilgrims the gates of the celestial city, if they have skill to look through our perspective glass. The pilgrims then lovingly accepted the motion. So they had them to the top of a high hill called Clear, and gave them the glass to look. Then they essayed to look, but the remembrance of that last thing that the shepherds had showed them made their hands shake, by means of which impediment they could not look steadily through the glass. Yet they thought that they saw something like the gate, and also some of the glory of the place. Then they went away and sang this song. Thus by the shepherds secrets are revealed, which from all other men are kept concealed. Come to the shepherds then, if you would see, things deep, things hid, and that mysterious be. When they were about to depart, one of the shepherds gave them a note of the way. Another of them bid them beware of the flatterer. The third bid them take heed that they sleep not upon the enchanted ground. And the fourth bid them God speed. So I awoke from my dream. And I slept and dreamed again, and saw the same two pilgrims going down the mountains along the highway towards the city. Now a little below these mountains, on the left hand, lieth the country of conceit. From which country there comes into the way in which the pilgrims walked, a little crooked lane. Here therefore they met with a very brisk lad that came out of that country, and his name was Ignorance. So Christian asked him from what parts he came, and whither he was going. Sir, I was born in the country that lieth off there, a little on the left hand, and am going to the celestial city. But how do you think to get in at the gate, for you may find some difficulty there? As other good people do, said he. But what have you to show at that gate, that the gate should be open to you? I know my Lord's will, and I have been a good liver. I pay every man his own. I pray, fast, pay tithes, 
and give alms, and have left my country for whither I am going. But thou camest not in at the wicked gate, that is, at the head of this way. Thou camest in hither through that same crooked lane, and therefore I fear, however thou mayest think of thyself, when the reckoning day shall come, thou wilt have laid to thy charge that thou art a thief and a robber instead of getting admittance into the city. Gentlemen, ye be utter strangers to me, I know you not. Be content to follow the religion of your country, and I will follow the religion of mine. I hope all will be well, and as for the gates that you talk of, all the world knows that it is a great way off our country. I cannot think that any men in all our parts do so much as know the way to it, nor need they matter whether they do or no, since we have, as you see, a fine, pleasant green lane that comes down from our country the next way into it. When Christian saw that the man was wise in his own conceit, he said to Hopeful, whisperingly, There is more hopes of a fool than of him, and said, Moreover, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith to every one that he is a fool. What, shall we talk further with him, or outgo him at present, and so leave him to think of what he hath heard already, and then stop again for him afterwards, and see if by degrees we can do any good of him? Then said Hopeful, let ignorance a little while now muse on what is said, and let him not refuse good counsel to embrace, lest he remain still ignorant of what's the chiefest gain. God saith, those that no understanding have, although he made them, them he will not save. He further added, It is not good, I think, to say all to him at once. Let us pass him by, if you will, and talk to him anon, even as he is able to bear it. Christian and Hopeful are still in the misery of Doubting Castle, trapped in the dungeon and beaten by a giant despair. Hopeful has spoken once, and does so again in order to try and lift his fellow pilgrim. Christian is reminded of previous victories which he has experienced. God's people, when in the dark places of doubt and despair, should always arm themselves with what the Lord has done for them throughout their lives. With things bleak and shown a glimpse of the giant's castle yard filled with bones and skulls, we might wonder what could be done. It is here, again, Bunyan reminds us of the power of prayer. In Acts, we are reminded of how an occasion arose with the life of Paul, where he and Silas were imprisoned. They prayed at midnight, and God worked mightily. And so here, in Pilgrim's Progress at midnight on a Saturday, the two pilgrims pray. Following this, Christian soon realises he has had a key all along. It is called promise. With this key of promise, they escape the castle and its many gates and get back to the king's highway, not without first erecting a monument and signed by the style to warn others of such a way. God's precious promises will always be the perfect answer to the most crippling of doubts and fears. With prayer and God's word, we are armed with whatever may lay before us in life. The important part is that we use them as Christian and Hopeful did. The delectable mountains had been seen by Christian before when he was in the House Beautiful and on the roof, but they were afar off. However, now they are very much at hand. This is Emmanuel's land. These mountains in Bunyan's story surely depict and represent the Christian and the church in its spiritual maturity. 
where heaven is much more in view and earth far less alluring. While there is only one good shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, yet in his good pleasure and providence, he has appointed under shepherds, pastors for his sheep. Here in the story, the pilgrims meet with shepherds, namely knowledge, watchful and sincere. These are qualities that should be found in faithful pastors and are instrumental in the pilgrims' next part of their journey. These shepherds encouraged the men to rest, first of all, and then afterwards they would be taken to various places at vantage points. A hill called Error, a mountain called Caution, a byway to Hell, and a hill called Clear. These are all lessons, sermons, that would be learned from this vantage point of being on the mountains. Lessons which both remind Christian and hopeful of their own errors, but thankful for God's preserving hand and the need to persevere by grace. Strengthened by such glimpses, they descend with praise and gladness. The shepherd's sermons have certainly enriched their souls and enabled them for the rest of the journey. <laughs>